It's been an especially difficult week in our nation, coming on uh, the series, a series of many difficult weeks. If you haven't yet had the chance, I'd encourage you to read the letter published by several Anglican bishops, including our own Todd Hunter. You might also read the 2020 statement on racialized violence by the AND campaign, and even the Christianity Today article entitled, George Floyd Left a Gospel Legacy in Houston. This week, in literal ways, our nation has been aflame. Aflame with deep injustice, with disregard for the humanity of black persons, with the sin of white supremacy. Aflame with anger and with fear. Speaking with members of our community, some people of color, some otherwise, and listening to voices more broadly, what I've heard is this profound sense of exhaustion, questioning how long such things must continue. Today is also Pentecost, the day we by faith celebrate a fire of a different sort. We rejoice that the flame of God's love, of his presence and power, the Holy Spirit has been given to us. The world is aflame too with God's renewing presence. Precisely how we make sense of these two things, the reality of Pentecost and our present moment, is no simple thing. I was struck last week in Nick's sermon on the ascension by the language of the Lord as one who is unconstrained. The ascension allows Jesus to be present in a way that he could not otherwise be present, able to extend healing and salvation universally. Today, even as we are restricted, under shelter-in-place orders, heavily laden with the sense of intractable sin and brokenness in our world, we celebrate the means by which Jesus is unconstrained in all the earth. The gift of his Spirit. It's by the Spirit that the presence of God, the presence of Christ, is made available in this unrestrained way. And it's by that same spirit we ourselves, in some way, are no longer constrained. The psalm for today uses the common image of breath or wind to describe the spirit, this breath over all the earth by which creation is renewed. It's this picture of life-giving, unconstrained power. It's this power, this breath that Jesus promises to us in John 14, with us, in us. The unconstrained power of God working to make all things new is present and at work in you and I. We remain creatures prone to wander, to sin, easily overwhelmed by the world. But in some specific ways, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are no longer constrained. We're no longer limited by sin. By the the Spirit, we're no longer constrained by our past and the selfish inward bent of our lives. By the Spirit of adoption, we are made the sons of God. By the Spirit, we come to a new way of life, bearing the fruit of love, joy, peace, and faith, as Sophie described. Empowered to live lives not conformed to the pattern of a broken and sin-stained world. By the Spirit, we're united together in a, a way that we cannot be on our own. 
even in a time of physical distance. The readings today from China, Uganda, Japan, and right here in Austin are a very small reminder that by the Spirit we enjoy this connection and unity that need not be constrained by the divisions of our world. The events this week are, of course, evidence of deep injustices. They're also evidence of this deep, desperate need for a new way of life together. A way of life together built upon the grace of Jesus Christ, embodying the healing and salvation that he alone brings. The Spirit can and does empower the church to live in such a way empowers the church to do the hard work of lament and repentance, of forgiving one another, the hard work of pursuing justice and peace, shalom. The Spirit can and does empower us as one body, the body of Christ. By the Spirit, we can be unconstrained in service to others, no longer limited by rivalry or self-preservation. We can be equipped to serve one another with spiritual gifts, with what one writer has called droplets of grace. We can be equipped to bear witness to Jesus as the disciples do in Acts chapter 2. The miracle depicted there is not simply that they speak in other languages, but that they declare the wonders of God in ways that are accessible and meaningful to others. This is the work of the Spirit overcoming our fears, overcoming the barriers of language and culture, making real the promise and person of Jesus, that others might know the wondrous goodness and power of God. What is the payoff of all this, the gift of this unconstrained spirit? I think two specific encouragements for us this day. First, most basic. We are restricted in this season, but God is not. The constraints of our own situation, the constraints of our own lives, the limits of what we see playing out in the brokenness of our world do not hinder the work of God to accomplish his purposes. Today, this week, the Spirit of God is working to renew creation by bringing women and men to the saving knowledge of Jesus, restoring them as image bearers of God, convicting the world with regard to sin and judgment, transforming lives, working in ways that we can neither see or imagine. Even as the world seems to burn, there is a deeper and more powerful fire of God's love, presence, and power at work. And even in our restricted state, he is at work in us. Today, at home, sheltering in place, you can be clothed with power from on high, filled with the fullness of God right where you are. Lay hold of this gift. Ask for the filling of the Spirit in your life. And that leads to a second encouragement to expand our vision. Pentecost is an invitation to an unrestrained imagination. 
perhaps especially in such a season of limitation and grief. By the Spirit, we can anticipate the renewal of our broken world. We can have vision for revival, for family members and friends, for our nation to come to know Jesus in a deeper and more profound way, for a a healed and made whole, a more just and peaceful world. By the Spirit, we can play our part in that. Under the conviction of the Spirit, Bold witnesses to Jesus serving others, bearing the fruit of the Spirit. George Mueller was this 19th century evangelist who, among other things, built and sustained homes for hundreds of orphans in Bristol. It's said that in doing so, he never asked for money or went into debt. God simply and wondrously provided When Mueller was 70 years old, he achieved the lifelong dream of serving as a cross-cultural missionary, traveling the world for 17 more years in his 70s and 80s, proclaiming the gospel. At his funeral, it was said that tens of thousands of people in Bristol lined the streets to honor him. His was a remarkable life. At the core of it was what one writer identified as a personal commitment on Mueller's part to devise large and liberal, meaning expansive and bold things for the Lord's cause. At the core of his remarkable life, we might say, was remarkable vision, an unconstrained sense of what the Lord can and would do, a spirit-inspired vision, a Pentecostal imagination. In this season of sheltering in place, of profound tragedy and injustice, we are restricted, painfully so. But God is not. And by the Spirit, our vision need not be restricted. I do not in any way mean to burden us with the specter of George Mueller's remarkable life, but it is God's desire that we would be mindful of the Spirit's unconstrained presence, the fullness of God in and with us, such that our vision for the purposes of God in our own lives, in our homes, in our city, in our nation, would not be constrained in this time, but would in fact be renewed and expanded with holy and longing desire for the glory of Jesus for the renewal of creation. To be so inspired, so mindful of the Spirit's presence, such that we would call upon that Spirit in faith and expectation and be empowered for the good work to which he has called us. Among other things this week, I am so wearied by my own blinkered vision. Because of the Spirit, We can and must hope for more for ourselves, for the church, for our nation and world. The Spirit of Christ, our unrestrained Lord, is unleashed this day, bringing healing and salvation, bringing power and boldness. Let us dream and devise large and liberal things for the Lord's cause in our lives, and in Austin.